Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important topic, bringing peace to an angry child. It doesn't matter whether they're three, nine, 11, 14, or 17. An angry child is a difficult thing to deal with. I've found that there's nothing more disruptive to a family than a child with an anger issue, one who lashes out. It builds walls in our homes, and it leads to hurt for everyone. We want to help our child, but we may feel helpless, hopeless, given that everything that we've tried to address the anger seems to fail or be misunderstood by our child. Often the tactics that we're told to use to address the bad behavior of anger seem to make things worse as our kids react to them or retreat into their rooms and into silence with us. Addressing anger can be a challenge, especially if we do not understand its sources. There's been a great deal of research done into anger, and there's many studies into anger available online from sources like Psychology Today, WebMD, and Mind. And after reviewing many studies, I've found that there are three primary sources for anger. Our childhood upbringing, past experiences that remained unresolved, and current circumstances. And in all the coaching I do with families, working with kids and with parents, I found this to be the case, that these three sources really do impact our anger. You may be asking how. Well, it's basically this, that there are things that have been unresolved or unhealed from our past that are areas of sensitivity. And these areas of sensitivity can be touched off or triggered by those around us. They may say something that seems fairly innocent in their mind, but it touches an area of sensitivity deep within us. And it brings forth a lot of emotion, a lot of pain flowing in from the past. And all of a sudden, we're angry. And we're angry at them because they said it. But if we really stopped and considered where did this pain come from, did it really come from this simple thing my kid said, the answer most of the time is no. Often I find that it flows from those first two sources of anger that we talked about from the psychological studies, our childhood and upbringing, as well as past experiences that remain unresolved. And believe it or not, this is often the case with an angry child. Why? Because there are issues that have been unresolved between them and us. I find this all the time, where there are things that we've done and said as parents that seemed innocent, that seemed fine, and they were said not with the desire to harm our child, but to love them and help them. But our kids have heard them and interpreted them differently than we intended because of personality type, because of gender, because of different experiences. Oftentimes our kids hear what we say differently than we intend. 
And as a result, they can end up with areas of pain and hurt that we can trigger in the future. This can lead to that angry child that we desperately want to bring peace back to, not just for them, but for our entire family. So where do we go from here? Well, the studies indicate that the pain, which is tied to unresolved issues or things that weren't healed from the past, can be triggered and flood into the present situation, distorting the way things are heard, things are perceived, and leading to reactions, which is often what I find is happening in these angry kids. The triggers for anger can be simplified into four basic categories, feeling threatened or attacked, feeling frustrated with a situation or feeling powerless, feeling invalidated or treated unfairly, and feeling like people are not respecting our feelings and possessions. I've seen this at work with kids of all ages, especially kids ages eight and up, where small current circumstances seem to be triggering lots of reaction, lots of anger due to unresolved issues with their family members or experiences in their past that have left them wounded within. As a result, what appear to be relatively small things that happen or are said to them result in large reactions as they trigger the hurt of the unresolved issue hidden deep within. Unfortunately, I've also seen it that when our kids trigger and react, they say things that can trigger us, and now we're into a battle. And that's the one thing we definitely need to avoid if we want to bring peace back to an angry child. So part of this journey for us as a parent may be identifying our own triggers and understanding where they stem from so that our kids don't trigger us when they're already in a reactive position. It's vital at this time that we're able to stay calm and handle things in a loving, caring manner. I think it's important at this point that we stop and consider the psychological studies findings in the context of our child's life. If anger flows from one of three sources, our upbringing and childhood, our past experiences, or our current circumstances, this points to us, unfortunately, a child's direct family as the likely source of their anger issue. Why is our family likely the source of our kid's anger issue? Because they are in their childhood. They have few past experiences outside of the family, and a majority of their present circumstances are with us. Ouch. So if the studies point to those being the three main sources, the likelihood that our kid is angry stemming from their family is high. Well, this isn't a fun conclusion. I've found it's a vital realization if we desire to help our kids escape the anger cycle they're stuck in. Please know that I've had to face this hard realization myself, and this was the reason I started Revive Family. I wanted to help parents avoid what I saw happen with our oldest child, who became defensive, angry, and hurt by age nine in our home, where we were doing all we were led to believe was good parenting, but it backfired in a major way. If you're open to the possibility that your kid's anger is flowing from circumstances and or past hurt from the family, then let's go deeper. Consider the triggers for anger we touched on above in relation to your child's own anger issue. Those triggers again are feeling threatened or attacked, feeling frustrated with a situation or powerless, feeling invalidated or treated unfairly, feeling like people are not respecting us or our possessions. So let's take a moment and ask ourselves, is my child experiencing these feelings within our home? If so, these are the triggers that are likely triggering the anger within our kid. 
So let's examine these feelings through kids' eyes. The first one, threatened, kind of hits me in the face. Because if I'm completely honest, this was a tactic I used to use to get my oldest to comply. In the past, I would threaten consequences if they didn't comply. And if threatening is one of those triggers that can trigger past pain, past issues, and lead to anger, I was guilty of triggering my daughter's anger. The second feeling or trigger that really stands out to me is that feeling of being powerless. Many kids I interact with in the coaching and research feel this way, as their parents tend to tell them what to do, what not to do, and seem to make all the significant decisions about their lives for them. This can leave kids feeling powerless, yet another trigger for anger. The next trigger for anger was feeling invalidated or treated unfairly. Kids I find who are approached with consequences for bad behavior feel both of these things, invalidated and unfairly. They say things to me like, no one takes away my parents' phone when they're yelling at me. So why is it fair that my parents get to ground me, take things away from me, take my cell phone away when they don't act perfect? This is even more critical with this generation of kids who are postmodern in mindset where fairness, relationship, community, and authenticity weigh way more heavily than right and wrong and facts. And obviously, if we're taking things away from our kids and they're feeling invalidated and they're feeling like it's not fair, that can trigger their anger. The fourth trigger for anger was feeling like people are not respecting one's feelings and possessions. A common complaint of kids I work with who have anger issues this is often a byproduct of a traditional expectations-based boundaries and consequences parenting approach. We are focused on their behavior and correcting rather than understanding their feelings and understanding that their small possessions are as important to them as our home or car is to us. Imagine how angry we might feel if someone was taking our car or home away from us. I know this brings up a lot of big questions. It can raise biblical questions. It can raise practical questions. It can raise all sorts of concerns because this doesn't fly straight with what we've been taught through generation after generation of parenting, that the consequences actually teach our kids right from wrong. But if it is a trigger... If feeling like someone's not respecting your possessions or you're being treated unfairly is a trigger for anger and our kids get angry and then we're more upset with them and we end up in a huge fight, how beneficial is this approach to handling our kids' shortcomings and bad behavior? I've found it's counterproductive because it does end in a battle. And when we're in a battle, no one's learning and everyone ends up hurt and more distant from each other. Some of you may even be wondering, but my other child isn't angry. Isn't this really a behavior issue with my one child? It's important to realize that just because one of our kids isn't getting angry with the same approach doesn't validate the approach. Why? Because there are different personality types. And where some kids are external processors and they're more of a reactive personality type, more of a command and control personality type that tend to get angry, there are other kids that are introverted who are internal processors and who are more likely to stuff their feelings and try and process them on their own and withdraw and get silent rather than get angry because they're internal processors. So it's important that we recognize that just because one child's angry and the other one isn't doesn't mean that 
they're both not struggling with some of the same things in our family culture. Never forget this one family that had an oldest daughter who was performing great in school and who was out of the house a lot with friends studying and doing other things, who was seen as the fair-haired, really good child and held up as that within the home. And the second child, who was a social butterfly, who was an extrovert, who was an external processor, was getting angry and erupting a lot and being labeled as the problem in the family. It was fascinating when I interacted with that entire family that it was the oldest child who was an internal processor that had the most to say about what was wrong with the family culture and that the family culture was harsh. And that was why she buried herself in studies and went to other people's homes to study and do homework a lot. She was maybe even more unhappy with the family than the younger child who was getting angry a lot. So what do we do? How do we make the changes in our homes? We'll be back in a couple of minutes to continue the conversation of how do we bring peace to an angry child? I appreciate the fact that you've tuned in to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We're here to help families stay connected and close through even those crazy adolescent years. And we'd love to hear from you. Please go to our site, revivefamily.com forward slash radio, and submit the questions you'd like us to cover in our programs and podcasts. This would be a great help to us because we want to serve you where you're at with the issues and the answers that parents are struggling with most. So again, go to revivefamily.com forward slash radio, and we'll be happy to address your questions on air. I know as parents, we all feel like failures at times, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's why I've spent so much time talking with students, thousands and thousands of students between the ages of 12 and 21, trying to figure out how do we do this differently? How do we have that close, tight-knit, cooperative family in this age of technology that seems to be pulling us apart constantly? And that's what influential parenting is all about. It's about keeping our hearts connected as families. On May 1st, we'll be launching our online class, Influential Parenting. This fast-paced class will dig into topics that will change the way you see your kids and help you take an influential approach that will restore relationships, draw the family back together, and start building that positive family culture we desire. So mark your calendars for May 1st and visit revivefamily.com. And look at Influential Parenting. It will be in short 7-10 to 10 minute segments, really easy to consume, and it will also have a downloadable MP3 file so that you can take the class as you're working out, waiting for kids to get done with lessons, or driving around town. We look forward to helping you build a positive, encouraging, grace-filled, and forgiving family culture that will serve your family well, not only today, but well into the future. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we're talking about this topic, bringing peace to an angry child. We've talked about some of the common sources of anger being our childhood upbringing, past experiences that have gone unresolved or unhealed, and current circumstances as the three primary sources of anger, and how if we really stop and look at it, that many of these sources for our kids point to the fact that their anger issue is likely coming from within our own homes. Well, that's not a popular thing to say. It's not a fun thing to say, and it's even less fun to realize as a parent like I had to. It's absolutely vital if we want to bring peace back to our child. 
oftentimes our kids' anger issues are stemming actually from our family culture and the way we are interacting with our kids. Those triggers are absolutely essential to realize. The triggers, again, are feeling threatened or attacked, feeling frustrated with a situation or powerless, feeling invalidated or treated unfairly, and feeling like people are not respecting our feelings or positions. And when we went through those, we realized how likely it is that our kids might be feeling those things from us in our own homes. So how did we get here? I can tell you this, it's not intentional. I know when I got here with my oldest daughter, it certainly wasn't intentional. We all love our kids and we want what's best for them. And remembering this and not getting down on yourself or getting upset with yourself as a result of listening to this research from the psychological studies is really important because when we're down on ourselves, we're likely to be more sensitive and more reactive ourselves, which is not going to help the situation. In interacting with all these different families, I found that we got here for a variety of fairly obvious reasons. One, as a child, we came to the conclusion that the way our parents were interacting with us was normal, was right, maybe even the most loving thing to do. And so we've kind of picked up in the same parenting style as them. We've adapted it a bit, but we're basically doing similar things using similar strategies to our parents. And if we stop and think about it, how much did that draw us closer to them? How much did we really learn from things when we got into those big fights with our parents? If you think back clearly, probably not very much. The second thing is we started off as parents with a baby. A baby's unable to communicate or think or take care of themselves. So we develop a one-way communication style or strategy where we're constantly talking to our child, telling them what to do, what not to do, and we get into that place of expecting them to do it immediately. And this is great when they're little, but unfortunately, it doesn't take long to create a habit. And soon, we have these habits of a one-way approach, a one-way communication style, a one-way resolution process in place, and it's a habit. And then our kids get older, and they start to talk back, and they start to question us. And all of a sudden, that one-way approach doesn't work too well. And the third reason we found ourselves here with our kids likely is that we received some training or read some books from reputable experts that taught us how to parent with boundaries and consequences. And what I find interesting is a lot of them are psychologists. And if they were to look at these studies into what triggers anger, clearly a lot of the strategies that we've been taught to use as parents are actually triggers for anger in our kids. This seems really counterproductive to me and really ironic. So how do we bring peace to that child that's really reactive kind of flying off the handle, getting angry on a regular basis, the first thing we need to do is look at them differently. We need to see their anger issue in a new light. Every kid, preteen and teen I've worked with that has an anger issue is really down on themselves. They're upset with themselves, which is part of why they trigger so easily. They're upset because they know they shouldn't be getting angry, and they feel like they're the center of the attention, and they believe they are the problem in the family. So anything that would cause them to feel like they're the problem in the family is likely to be very painful and result in anger. 
This is why we need to see their anger issue differently. We need to see them differently, not as a kid who's intentionally getting angry, trying to manipulate or control the situation, but likely as a kid who's struggling inside, who's down on themselves and can't seem to beat the anger themselves. And they're really frustrated with themselves because of it. Just by believing this and beginning to see them differently it will change the way you communicate with them. It will change how you talk with them, your tone, your body posture, all that nonverbal stuff that's 80% of communication will begin to change. And that's essential because they are really sensitive to however you've been approaching them to this point. It's leading them to get angry. So seeing them differently, having a different perspective will lead to us approaching them differently and talking with them differently, seeking to come alongside them, hear them, understand them, help them hear themselves and understand themselves, because we now believe that they're unhappy with this themselves. So we don't need to play the heavy. We need to play the helper. So the second thing is coming alongside them as their helper, helping them understand and express their inner thoughts and feelings not just about themselves, but about us and the family. While I know this is not a comfortable thing, and it can lead to triggers in us, causing us to get defensive or to argue or to disagree with their perspective, it's vital that we don't do that. And we really take the time to listen and then record it or write down a bunch of notes and then go back and ponder and listen to this and listen to those triggers of anger again and those sources of anger again and really ponder what do we need to do? How do we need to approach our child differently? It will make a huge difference. The third thing we need to do is resolve with our kids unresolved issues. With us, with the family, with family members, there are issues with the way the family functions and the family culture. Going back and talking through things in the past that have hurt them and letting them express their feelings, coming to understand them and see things through their perspective will lead to reconciliation. It'll lead to a heart connection being born again. That's why this is called connecting hearts. We want you to reconnect with your child at a heart level. When they feel listened to and understood and you understand them, it's going to help you avoid the triggers and the things that can lead to anger going forwards. So resolving past issues, past hurts with our child is essential to bringing peace back to a troubled heart inside of our angry kid. And I know this is really overwhelming. Thinking about all of this in the short context of this program and hearing these big changes that we probably need to make to bring peace back to our kids' hearts is a bit overwhelming. And that's why Revive Family's here to help. We did this research. We went in and dug into how to interact with our kids differently when they fail so that they actually learn and we don't end up in a fight. And we are all about helping you target their heart to deal with these issues in a manner that will lead to you guys remaining close into, through, and past the adolescent years, those years that we fear as parents because we just know they're going to be horrible. They haven't been horrible with my four kids because we actually sat down and listened to them and listened to all these other kids. So what I'd like to encourage you, if you feel like you need more help in this area, is to consider taking the online class Influential Parenting that will be available shortly, right around May 1st, that will dig into in very short, fast-paced sessions 
the way we can change our perspective of our kid, the way we can begin to alter our family culture, and the way we can restore the relationships with our kids so that we can bring peace back to homes where kids are now hiding in their rooms because they fear conflict with us and they don't feel like we're happy with them or they're out there getting angry and arguing with us a lot because they're external processors. It's all amazingly fixable because our kids want to please us and we love our kids and they love us. And if that's the case, these issues can be resolved and they can be fixed a lot faster than we might think possible. So on May 1st, visit revivefamily.com and check out Influential Parenting Online. These 10 to 13 minute sessions can be reviewed while you're driving around in the car. You can listen to them easily while waiting for a kid at their ballet practice or piano lesson or to get done with their baseball practice this spring. We know this class is going to make a huge difference because it has for so many other parents. The class is a video course online, but there's also a downloadable audio form of it when you sign up for the online class that you can take with you on your phone and listen to anywhere. We hope that you found this program on bringing peace back to your child's heart helpful. Understanding the sources and triggers is really essential, and so is seeing our kid differently. Thanks for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We hope that we're helping you reconnect your heart with your child's in this program today. We'll be back next week with another program from myself, Jeff Schott, and Revive Family. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.